Welcome back to the Squared Sports Land Frank Podcast. I'm Lewis, this podcast, Land Frank. We're now in episode number 37. Yes, we're 37 episodes through. We're in our summer East Coast studio for the special episode number 37. The NBA playoffs are in full swing. MLBs are rolling. And so much more. Stay tuned for Squared Sports Land Frank, episode number 37. Let's get into it. Let's start with episode number 37. How we always do with their headlights in the NBA. All the Eastern Conference series are done now. The Philadelphia Sixers won in five games against the Washington Wizards. Okay, it was a good series by the Sixers. It was an amazing series. They lost the game to the Wizards, the eight seed. Okay, Ben Simmons didn't really have a great series. Joel Embiid got hurt. We're not sure what his stats is for game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Hawks. But the 76ers did win their series. They're advancing to the second round. That's something. A step up from last season where they didn't even make it out of the first round. Making the Eastern Conference semifinals, the Philadelphia 76ers. All right. My New York Knicks. They lost. And I went to that game five. I'll talk all about it in the next segment. I went to that game five, and it was a rough thing to watch, okay? Knicks was awesome, okay? Just the defense led up at the end. The Hawks, more talented. They were just more talented. That's what it was. Hawks won that series in five games. After that game two game, I was ecstatic. Knicks won game two. I thought they were going to win the rest of the series, not lose a game. They didn't win a game for the rest of the series. Okay, Julius Randle didn't have the greatest series. R.J. Barrett didn't really did not have a good series at all. Trey Young just went off. Trey Young might be my least favorite player in the NBA now. He probably is my least favorite player in the NBA now, Trey Young. Just a rough series for the New York Knicks. Rough series for Tom Thibodeau's coach team. Hopefully the Knicks can bounce back next year. I'll talk all about in the next segment. Additions they can add in the offseason and more. But the Bucks also won their series against the Miami Heat. They swept them, okay? The series was the first series over in the NBA playoffs. It was the only sweep, okay? They swept them. The Miami Heat, who made the NBA Finals last year, who beat the Bucks last year. The Bucks, they swept them this year, okay? Jimmy Butler only scored 58 points in that series, 58 Bryn Forbes scored more than him. Who's Bryn Forbes? I know Bryn Forbes is, but the average NBA fan does not. Jimmy Butler did not play well at all in the series. Okay, you know the Houston Rockets offered James Harden? They offered, you know how every team was making offers for James Harden? The Rockets literally offered James Harden to the Heat for Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Precious Achua, a 2027 first-round pick, a 2028 second-round pick, and Kelly Olenek. And guess what the Heat said? No. Okay, I love Duncan Robinson. He went to Michigan, one of my favorite players in the NBA. I kind of like Tyler Hero. He had a rough season, though, okay? And they said no because they wanted to keep those two players in that young court. What were they thinking? Okay, Pat Riley, that it might be the worst mistake for that organization. What were they thinking not taking James Harden? Imagine that team had James Harden playing point guard, playing shooting guard for them this year. They would have been a whole different story, folks, a whole different story. They wouldn't have had Tyler Hero missing shots. Dream Butler's game probably would have been elevated. He would never have to take on such a big role. It was not a good series at all in any possible way for the Miami Heat. The Milwaukee Bucks just were amazing against them. But Milwaukee Bucks, what a series. Advance into the second round. They'll have to play the Brooklyn Nets, who I'll talk about right now. The Brooklyn Nets, what a series. What a series. You know, that game, the Celtics won. That was awesome. Jason Tatum dropped 50. That's pretty much it. He had to drop 50. If he dropped 50 every game, they probably would have only won two or three games. Okay, they wouldn't have won much more. They weren't going to win that series, okay? I'll talk more about the moves they made the first day into the offseason. The Boston Celtics later on this episode. But the Brooklyn Nets, they won in five games. What a series that was. What a series by the Brooklyn Nets. James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, proven to be the best trio in the NBA. They are. No doubt about it. 
in my mind. They're advancing to the Eastern Conference semifinals. Well, they'll have to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's move to the MLB where there's a bunch of news. Okay. I'm not trying to be biased, but my New York Mets, this is a tough team, okay? They had seven of their nine opening day starters on the aisle. Michael Conforto, aisle. Jeff McNeil, aisle. Okay, Pete Alonso just got back and he hit a home run against the Diamondbacks, but this Mets team, they're tough, okay? People picked them not to finish great this year, even with Francisco Endor. And when Francisco Endor got off to a tough start, people were really counting them out, saying, oh, this team's not even making the playoffs. The Mets are tied for the lowest losses in the MLB, okay? They only have 21 losses. That's tied for the lowest in the MLB. New York Mets, 27 and 21. Not the most wins, not by a long shot. But New York Mets having a great season so far. Jonathan VR, great player. Francisco Endor starting to get things going. Jacob DeGrom I mean, in his return. What a start that was. What a start against the Diamondbacks and against the Rockies the week before where he didn't pitch that much. Still a great game by the New York Mets. I am so happy. They got four runs in the first inning against the Diamondbacks. They give up five. David Pierce, I don't know what he was doing in that first inning. But they still won that game. What a series by the New York Mets against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Even though that one controversial Lost with the double foul ball, whatever you want to call it. Josh Reddick game winning walk off single double, but New York Mets playing really, 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 really well. Start the season so far, midway through it. I'm happy my New York Mets are doing amazing. But let's talk about another team, the Dodgers. Okay, the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Okay, I'm gonna do my top five teams in the MLB later on in the episode. But the Los Angeles Dodgers are the best team in the MLB. There is no debating that. No debate. You, they don't have the best record. They don't have the best record. They went through a rough patch during the season. They lost five straight series. Angels, a bunch of teams. Cubs, wasn't a great patch for the Dodgers, but this team, they won the World Series last year. Corey Seager's going to come back. Cody Bellinger's back when he barely even played. He hadn't played since like April 5th and got back last week. He's already proven off to a hot start. Hit a home run the other night. Cody Bellinger, playing amazing. Dodgers playing amazing. This team is the best team in baseball. There's no debating it. That's about for the headlines this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, like I said in the headlines, I went to that Knicks Game 5 where they did get eliminated, but it was so awesome to be back at Madison Square Garden. I did this a couple months ago in the Knicks. It was their first game back with fans against the Warriors. They lost that game also by 10 points. The Knicks lost this game also by a little bit more. They lost by like 11-14. It wasn't a great game for the New York Knicks. It wasn't, but I was loving all the Trey Young chants. It was awesome to be back in the Garden. So many fans. The environment was electric, electrifying. It was amazing. Julius Randle. Okay, people were saying he was having a bad series. Actually, he got off to a great start early in the game. It was like almost towards the end of the first quarter, and I looked up the box score, and he had 10 points and 8 rebounds already. He almost had a double-double, Ray. Okay, but the New York Knicks, what I realized is that they need a true center. Okay, Mitchell Robinson was on the bench. He you know, obviously is hurt, can't play. Robinson well really didn't have a great game. It was awesome seeing him almost fight Solomon Hill at the end of the first half. Got a little chippy at the end of the first half there. Taj Gibson really didn't have a great game. I thought Derrick Rose would play better than they did, but he didn't. Derrick Rose had a really, really bad game. Alec Burks played pretty well. Reggie Bullock had a couple of threes start the game, which was amazing to see. Reggie Bullock's the best three-point shooter on the New York Knicks. But let me talk about one player. I'm not trying to hit the Knicks, my favorite team, but R.J. Baird. All right, R.J. Baird. I love him. Good player. Went to Duke. But he cannot shoot, okay? I thought he was a good shooter. He's not, he looks better in the box score, okay? He averages 17 points a game. It's 20, yeah, say, I think he got like 20 points, but he played really, really bad, okay? You watch him in person, watch him on TV. He doesn't look good. He doesn't look good at all. Like I said, if the Knicks have to trade RJ Baird for Damian Lillard or Carlton Towns, one of those superstars, Bradley Beal, I wouldn't be totally opposed to it. I would like to keep him, but if we had to trade him for a superstar, 
I probably would do it. But here's another guy. Obi Toppin. All right, he's a good player. He had a decent game. It's good watching him up in person, but he doesn't know what's going on out there, okay? He does not know what's going on. Okay, he has to ask what's going on right here, okay? He looks lost out there sometimes. Okay, I would not hesitate. I would not hesitate at all in trading Obi Toppin. I wouldn't, okay, for a superstar in a package. Say they had to give up Obi Toppin, Emmanuel quickly, three first-round picks for Damian Lillard, I would do that in a heartbeat. I would, okay? Because a duo of Damian Lillard and Julius Randle, that's one of the best duos in the NBA. That's a top 10 duo in the NBA. No debate about it, okay? It was awesome to be back in the garden. Obi Toppin has a lot of potential, but if Julius Randle's a part of this team's future, Obi Toppin will not be a part of this team's future, I believe. Emmanuel Quickly is a great shooter. He's pretty good on defense, Emmanuel Quickly, but he's an amazing shooter, Emmanuel Quickly. But that's about it. He can't pass the ball. He can't rebound. I'm not trying to hand the Knicks at all, but it was fun to be back in the garden. I really hope the Knicks have a great season next year. It was a successful season. For the people who say the Knicks did not have a successful season, get off of this episode right now. Get off of it. Okay, because the Knicks, before the season, they were projected to have like 21 wins. The Knicks ended up with 41 wins. 41. And made the playoffs as a four seed. Nobody expected them to be a four seed. I mean, people with high expectations for the New York Knicks before the season thought them as a 10 seed or an 8 seed or a 9 seed. Nobody in the world thought the Knicks would be the four seed. Not even me, okay? Let me be honest, I didn't think the Knicks would be a four seed this year. I thought maybe they could be somewhat good with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett back and R.J. Barrett in his second season. But it was an amazing season for the New York Knicks. A tough end to an amazing season. That's the story of the New York Knicks this year. Anyone hanging on Tom Thibodeau, you are wrong. It was a great season for the New York Knicks. A successful one, it was. But it was about awesome to be back in the garden. That's about that this week. Now, did you know this week's Daily Mail? It's a good one. Do you know there have been 80 total NCAA tournaments in the history of college basketball? Mike Krzyzewski, the head coach of Duke, has made 35 of them, making that 43%. Let me say that again. There have been 80 total NCAA tournaments, and Mike Krzyzewski has made 35 of them, 43% of them. Mike Krzyzewski has not been coaching for 80 years, everybody. Mike Krzyzewski is not even 80 years old. Okay? Mike Krzyzewski... News broke out this week that he is retiring after this season. My brother's going to Duke next year. I'll have to go to a game to see Mike Krzyzewski coaching his last season. The farewell tour. Hopefully they win a national championship with that awesome recruiting class. Paolo Bonchero, Trevor Keels. Mike Krzyzewski, though. What a legendary coaching career. The best, one of the best coaches in college basketball history. Top three. Definitely best coaches in college basketball history. No debate about it. But did you know that? Leave that in the comment section. That's about who did you know this week. All right, everybody, there is trouble in Boston for the Boston Celtics. All right, they lose game five to the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. What happens the next day? Everything blows up, okay? First, Danny Ainge, president of basketball operations, the lead in the front office. He has all the power and everything. He decides to step down. Okay, not the big news, but not the craziest. Not like Brad Stevens is stepping down or anything. Oh, wait. Yeah, Brad Stevens moving from head coach to be lead of the front office, lead of basketball operations. He doesn't want to be like a Greg Popovich or Stan Van Gundy like we see in the past, where they're the coach and the GM. Bill Belichick's the coach of the Patriots and the GM. Popovich is the coach of the Spurs and the GM. He's a full control over the front office. Brad Stevens said, that'd be too hard. He can't do it. He can't do it. So he lost the passion for coaching during the bubble. He'll be back someday. He definitely will be because he'll regain the passion 
the coach again. But there is a big dilemma in Boston, okay? The players did not like Brad Stevens. Okay, maybe earlier they did, but you can't start a rebuild when you have two All-Stars, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. You just can't. Okay, this is an Eastern Conference Finals caliber team, but they only made the first round this year, okay? That's about it. They're Eastern Conference Finals caliber team, but they only made the first round. All right? This team needs a former player as a coach because there's reports that Mark Smart hated Brad Stevens, okay? Brad Stevens isn't going to get everything out of this team, okay? But Mark Jackson might. Mark Jackson's currently working at ESPN, a former NBA coach, former NBA player for years. He'd be a good coach for this team. I'm not sure if they would pull the plug on him. Say if Nate McMillan isn't back with the Hawks next year, which is pretty unlikely. I said this on the Screw Sports Instagram, that he would be a great hire. He would be the favorite for that job. He would be the top candidate. No debate about it. And then maybe a long shot, Kevin Garnett. Okay, Kevin Garnett, you know, you, you think he was a coach a couple years ago, training coach signing for the Bucks. He would be, I mean, former Celtics player. They need a former player. He has no head coaching experience, but neither did Steve Nash. And Steve Nash is currently coaching the best team in the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, that's what it is. Kevin Garnett would be a pretty good selection for this team. I'm not sure if Boston management would do it. Brad Stevens would do it. I think the person they should hire and that they will hire is Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni, Rockets coach last year, Knicks coach formerly. Nets assistant coach currently right now. Steve Nash calls him their offensive coordinator, okay? He's gotten everything out of that team. Same with Steve Nash, okay? This team needs Mike D'Antoni, okay? Mike D'Antoni, not a former player. Not a former player, but, you know, he's a great coach, okay? Mike D'Antoni is an amazing coach. Great offensive system. He could have Jason Tatum dropping 30-40 a night, okay? Jason Tatum could be averaging 30 points, and Mike D'Antoni and Jalen Brown could be averaging 25. Kelmbo could maybe be averaging like 17 points. Okay, this team could be back to the Eastern Conference semifinals next year if they get Mike D'Antoni. But say they go after uh, Damian Lillard this offseason, then they can make the finals next year. Okay, then they can. I'm happy Brad Stevens is in the front office. Maybe he can excel better. I'm not sure. Brad Stevens, it was a shocking move, okay? It was the first day of the offseason, okay, for the Celtics. People don't realize it. It was the first day of the offseason. They got, they lost, they got bounced from the playoffs. And that day, Danny Ainge stepped down. And then Brad Stevens stepped down. Okay. Danny Ainge, I was like, all right, Danny Ainge is stepping down. Not a big deal. But then I saw the Brad Stevens thing. I was freaking out. I was trying to make sure you know, that he still wasn't the coach. It wasn't the coach GM thing. But no, Brad Stevens stepping down. He's going to lead the search for a new coach. And I think they'll end up with Mike D'Antoni. And I think that's an amazing selection, Mike D'Antoni. I think that should be the favorite. And I think that would be a great coach for them. Unless Nate McMillan somehow doesn't isn't back with the Hawks next year, which probably won't happen. Heard a report, Lloyd Pierce. Okay, realize the Hawks were one of the worst teams in the NBA this year when Lloyd Pierce was their coach, and then they fired him. Nate McMillan turned them into one of the best second-half teams in the NBA. Okay, people don't realize that. Nate McMillan fully turned around this team. Lloyd Pierce would not be a great coach for the Celtics. He would not be. Jesse Kidd, I've been hearing a couple of rumors about. Okay, that'd be a good coach, but Mike D'Antoni would be better. Okay, Jason Kidd really hasn't had great success as a... NBA head coach. He really is. He wasn't great with the Nets, wasn't great with the Bucks. Okay, this would be amazing. Mike D'Antoni, if you went to Celtics, but Boston, everything broke up there. The first day of the offseason on Wednesday. Craziness in Boston. That's about from my take. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. All right, we do this a lot on this podcast. Top five teams in the MLB. Okay, top five later on. This It was later in this episode, but top five teams in the MLB currently updated. All right, a lot of changes. Like I said earlier, best team in baseball, the number one team in baseball is the Los Angeles Dodgers. There is no debating it, no debating it. Best team in baseball, Los Angeles Dodgers. Number two, Crosstown Rivals. 
over in San Diego. The San Diego Padres. Okay, they had a really, really bad series against the Cubs. They got swept. But they have Blake Snell who's going to get things going. They have Hugh Darvish who's getting things going. They got Denelson Lamed. They've got Joe Musgrove, Mike Clevenger. This team's good. Okay, this team is the second best team in baseball. They've got one of the best players in baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr., who probably will end up winning MVP this year if it's not Jacob deGrom or someone else, Ronald Acuna. Okay, Fernando Tatis, really up there in the home run race this year for most home runs in the MLB. What a season Fernando Tatis Jr. is having. What a season. No debate about it. The Padres are the second best team in baseball. Number three, the Boston Red Sox, everybody. Okay, Alex Verdugo. Got great pitching staff. They, they have one of the most underrated pitching staffs. I'd say the Giants have another underrated pitching staff, the San Francisco Giants. But the Boston Red Sox, they won 5-1 to one today against the Houston Astros. Starting pitcher went like eight innings. What a game that was. Okay, Boston Red Sox, what a team they are this year. Okay, people don't realize they were the fourth worst team in baseball last year. Some people are saying they're the best team in baseball. I'm saying they're the third best team in baseball right now. But this team is rolling at the right time. Alex Verdugo, what did you, you know, when it's all said and done, we could say that the Dodgers fully won that Mookie Betts trade, but... You know, the Red Sox could also win that trade. It's like a win-win trade, okay? Because Alex Verdugo is such a young star. He's an amazing player, okay? He is. I read somewhere that the Red Sox tried to get Gavin Lux instead of Alex Verdugo, but the Dodgers said, no, let's keep Gavin Lux and let's get rid of Alex Verdugo and let's, let's trade him for Mookie Betts, okay? Gavin Lux, not a great player. Not a good player at all. Alex Verdugo, one of the best players in MLB season. He is. What a season Alex Verdugo is having. What a season Rafael Devers is having. What a season... J.D. Martinez is having what a season everyone on that Red Sox team is having, including the pitching staff. Chris Sale, okay. Third best team in baseball. No debate about it. The Boston Red Sox. Number four, the Chicago White Sox, everybody. Okay, Tim Anderson, great player. Jose Abreu, reigning MVP. Ramin Mercedes, front runner for rookie of the year this year. Nick Madrigal, great contact hitter. Okay, Eloy Hernandez, out for the season. Luis Roberto, out for the season. And this team's still rolling. Two of their best players are out for the season. This team is still rolling. Fourth best team in them will be, no debate about it, the Chicago White Sox. Now, the fifth best team in baseball. Okay, I talked about them earlier in the headlines. My New York Mets, everybody. Okay, sorry, Giants fans. I haven't put the Giants in one top five list this year because I think the Giants are going to collapse in the second half. The last time the Giants were this good, they had the worst second half record in them. They won the wild card round, then uh, I think they lost the Cubs. The year the Cubs lost the, won the World Series. They lost the Cubs and then ODS that year in like five games. San Francisco Giants. I'm not fully sold on them, but I am fully sold on my New York Mets. Okay, I watch every Mets game. Jacob DeGrom, best pitcher in baseball, maybe the best player in baseball. Jonathan Villar, great hitter. P. Alonso, one of the best home run hitters in the MLB right now. MLB past five years, you could say. P. Alonso, okay. Francisco Endor starting to get things going. When, when Michael Conforto gets back, Jeff McNeil gets back. When Noah Syndergaard gets back, when Carlos Carrasco gets back, this team's going to get rolling again. Okay. They're going to have an amazing second half. This is the fifth best team now, Moby. I hope they can jump up in my rankings. I hope the Mets can do well. They're playing a series in San Diego right now against the Padres. But the Mets, the fifth best team in baseball, in my opinion, New York Mets. That's about it for my top five teams in the Moby. Leave your top five teams in the Moby in the comment section. Now, the Eastern Crown semifinals are set. Two series. Let's hop into my predictions. Okay. Hawks Sixers, the Hawks had a great series against the Knicks. They did. They won in five games, but they're going to lose in five games now, okay? Philadelphia Sixers really didn't have a great series against the Wizards, okay? They won in five games, but that was against the Wizards. The Wizards, everybody. Okay, Wizards, not even close to being a top 10 team in the NBA even. Probably was the worst team in the playoffs this year. I love me some Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. 
and rewatch more. But about eh, besides that, that team's really nothing. Okay, that team is really nothing. Daniel Gafford, you can say, is a good player. You can say Darius Bertans a good player, but he got hurt also. Okay, Philadelphia 76ers didn't have a great series against them, but they're gonna have a good series this year, this time around. Okay, Eastern Conference semifinals. Whenever Joel Embiid gets back, that's fine. As long as the Hawks don't do a hack of Simmons like the Wizards did in Game 4, they'll be fine. It's a Philadelphia 76ers. Benson just needs to get things going. You know, the Philadelphia 76ers haven't made the Eastern Conference uh, Finals in years, actually. Years. Okay, because the year they had Jimmy Butler, they lost to Kawhi and the Raptors on that game-winning buzzer beater. In Game 7, they probably would have made the Eastern Conference Finals that year, but they didn't. Okay, this team, they're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals this year as long as Ben Simmons Plays well as long as Joel Embiid comes back for at least two or three games. This team will be just fine. This team will be just fine. Seth Curry's going to have a good series. This team's a good team. One of the best teams in the NBA. They're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. No debate about it. Now, this is the best second-round series in the East and the West. Nets versus Bucks. Two-seed versus three-seed. Actually, the Bucks won season series against the Nets in the regular season. But this is the postseason. This is the playoffs. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, Giannis has never gotten to the finals in his career. Nets haven't been to the finals. Okay. Brooklyn Nets. They're going to make the finals this year, but first they're going to make the Eastern Conference finals. Okay, they're going to win in six games, but the Nets will eventually win. It'll probably The Nets will probably win the first game, the Bucks will probably win the second game, and then the Nets will probably win two straight games, and then the Bucks win in game five. Nets up 3-1. The Bucks will probably get a game on them, 3-2. And then the Nets win in game six. Okay, it's going to go six games. Nets are going to win. No debate about it in my mind. No debate about it. The Brooklyn Nets. They're going to make the finals this year, and they're going to make the Eastern Conference finals. We're going to have a Nets-Sixers-Eastern Conference finals matchup. I fully expect that to be it. And when it is, we'll predict it on the show, whatever episode it is. That's about it for my Eastern Conference semifinals predictions. Leave your Eastern Conference semifinals predictions in the comment section. All right, this or that. And for our new listeners and viewers, this or that is basically, I'm trying to almost divide teammates and opponents in this segment, okay? This or that, I pick between two players, two teams, whoever I think is better. Let's hop into it. First one, Ronald Acuna Jr. or Fernando Tatis? Okay, this is a very tough one. I was going back and forth. I'm going to say Ronald Acuna, okay? Well, he doesn't get hurt as much as Fernando Tatis. He doesn't. Okay, maybe he's a better power hitter. Fernando Tatis, I'm actually going to take Ronald Cunha. Maybe any day of the week. Or Fernando Tatis Jr. I am. Trey Young or Luka Doncic, the infamous draft day trade. It's a win-win trade, some say. But Luka Doncic drops 42 against in a playoff game. Trey Young drops 30 in a playoff game, but did he drop 40? No. Luka Doncic, an amazing player. This is really easy for me in my mind. Okay, it is. Luka Doncic, much better than Trey Young. Why didn't the Hawks draft Luka Doncic? Why did they not draft Luka Doncic, okay? They want the trailing over Luka Doncic. Trailing, great for them, but not as good as Luka Doncic would have been. Okay, Luka Doncic with that core would have been amazing. Luka Doncic, one of the best players in the NBA, maybe a top five player in the NBA, Luka Doncic. In my opinion, he is a top five player in the NBA. Luka Doncic, I would take him any day of the week over Trey Young. Now, two teammates, Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. Okay, two teammates, like I said, Kawhi Leonard is much better. Much better than Paul George. You could say Paul George is a better playmaker, but is Paul George a better defender? Is Paul George a better shooter? Probably not with the shooting woes in the past two years. Is Paul George a better scorer? Definitely not. Okay. Almost every aspect 
of his game. Kawhi Leonard's better than Paul George. No debate about it, okay? And the Clippers are going to have to choose between one of these two in the offseason. Okay, you cannot keep both when you're... If they lose the series, that might be it, okay? That might be it. They're probably going to have to fire Ty Lue if they lose the series and Kawhi leaves. Okay, that's just what's going to have to happen. Okay, I doubt they fire Ty Lue, but if I was the GM of the Clippers and they lose in the first round and Kawhi thinks he's leaving, I would fire Ty Lue and probably hire Mike D'Antoni, Mark Jackson, whoever it might be. I would. That hesitation. That hesitation. Kawhi Leonard, much better than Paul George, in my opinion. He is. Now, two teams. The San Francisco Giants or the Tampa Bay Rays? Okay, this is a tough one. Both teams were not in my top five teams in MLB, but statistically, at least record-wise, they're both top five teams in MLB. But not in my opinion. No, they're not. I'm going to say the San Francisco Giants. Okay? The Rays don't have that one big player, big home run hitter, big great pitcher. They lost Blake Snell, their ace. Who they have? Tyler Glass now. Okay, Giants have a very underrated, they've uh, underrated rotation. They have Alex Wood, Kevin Gosman, great rotation. Very underrated. It is Kevin Gosman having a great season. Same with Alex Wood. This team is very good. Rolling at the right time, Mike Ostrowski. Good team. Austin Slater. Very happy that Giants are having a great season. Not a top five team, in my opinion, but the Rays might not even be a top 10 team, in my opinion. They might not be. Okay, love Austin Meadows. Love me some Tyler Glass now. But no, Giants are easily better than Tampa Bay Rays. No debate about it. That's about for my takes. That's about for this or that this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, at the poster, the best for last. Okay, let me talk about one thing. Let me get this off my chest. Dame Miller and Cedrum and uh, Bradley Beal, they stuck with their teams for their whole entire careers. They've never gone out of their conferences. They've never made the finals. None of them. Total never even come close to making the finals. Okay, because the year Damon Lillard made the Western Conference Finals, nobody, nobody thought they had a shot, okay? And they got swept. Okay, they had no shot in that series, no shot. I think Damon Lillard and Bradley Beal, I think they're done, okay? I think they're. I think Damon Lillard's done with Portland. If he isn't, CJ McCollum is done with Portland, okay? And Bradley Beal's definitely done with the Wizards. Okay, Bradley Beal, he loves playing in D.C., he loves the Wizards, he just doesn't love the front office and all that. If they were winning right now, he'd fully stay there, fully. No debate about it. He loves playing in Washington. It's gonna, but I do think it's gonna come down to where he asked for a trade because he was upset that they traded John Wall. Okay, Russell Westbrook. I think he might get traded this offseason also. I really do. What a season Russell Westbrook had. What a season he did. Okay, what a season Bradley Beal had. Almost won the scoring title, game second. But when it's down to the end of the day, I think they request trade. Okay, at the end of the day, they gave it all they got for their franchises. They stuck. They were loyal their whole career. But now they went out. But if I'm Damon Lillard, I'm setting my eyes on the Celtics, the Knicks, the Heat, the Lakers. Same with Bradley Beal. Okay, I would be so happy if the Knicks got Bradley Beal or Damon Lillard. And if these two do request a trade, one of them will end up a New York Knicks. One of them will definitely end up a New York Knicks this year. I've said it before. Either Damon Lillard or Bradley Beal will be a New York Knicks next year. That's not me being a biased New York Knicks fan. It isn't. But that's my take. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, question of the day. This week's question of the day is, who will come out of the Western Conference this year? Will it be the Lakers if they miraculously come back against the Suns? Will it be the Suns? Will it be the Jazz? Will it be the Clippers? Will it be the Mavericks? Or will it be someone else? Leave your answer in the comment section. Will it be the Nuggets? Who will come out of the Western Conference this year? Who will make the finals representing the Western Conference this year? Leave your answer in the comment section. 
That's about for question this week. That's about for Squared Sports Land Freak, episode 37. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports Instagram at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter at Squared Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for the best sports content in the world. We'll see you back here next week in episode number 38.